And we're live here on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. What's up, guys? Nick Script on the P2W Fantasy Podcast with my guy Kevin. Back at it just like the old days during the NFL season. That wasn't super, super long ago, but it feels like it was a long time ago. I uh, got a good episode here today. Had a series of questions, uh, mailbag questions, that really turned into a lot of the 2022 draft class questions. But before we kick things off, uh, I want to introduce Kevin uh, to my left or right, depending on how the screen looks on your guys. end. But Kevin is the, uh, he works for football guys. He's an analyst there. Uh, also a co-host for the Debbie Royale. And they have a Patreon and release tons and tons of content specifically for Debbie. Kevin's just super active in the fantasy community, as most of you should know by now. Um, and it's nice to have you on the show, man. I'm, 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 I apologize for this uh, delay here. Uh, you're good, man. I get it. No, no, it's good to get on here. And I, and I like these questions that we have. I think uh, it's coming close. People are getting rookie fever. So rookie fever is in full flag. So we're about to see some rookie drafts here in a few weeks. So it's exciting. I'm done with these rookie takes, though. I'm, I'm over it. Let's let's move on to the where they're at, where they're going to play in projections. Which will uh, hopefully change once the actual draft happens. But uh, yeah, like I said before, this podcast is like 15 minutes delayed. This is what happened. Brief, brief story. So I go to a CVS to pick up my wife's medication. She's got some upper respiratory stuff going up. They tell me this is the wrong location. So she told me it was the wrong location. So I I go to the next place and they say, well, we don't have our insurance card on file. So I have to wait. Then another guy goes in front of me and he has the conversation of his lifetime with uh, with the cashier while I'm behind him. So I'm texting Kevin. I'm driving, you know, 60 on a 40 trying to get home. But (laughs) we got a show today. Uh, But if you are tuning in, this uh, podcast is partnered up with the Fantasy Points Media Group. Go check out FantasyPoints.com. One stop shop for all of your fantasy football needs. And uh, you can use the promo code P2W22 for a discount on the site. Well worth it. I'm on there every single day. Stick with us as we get into the episode. All right, so Kevin, you and I talk content a lot, and uh, you know, we used to do things like host uh, other content creators. And we used to do some things on Clubhouse back in the day when that was still rolling. And I feel like bringing up content creating is something you and I both like to do because uh, we're more than willing to uh, help others in need. And we're not by any means the experts on you know, anything uh, regarding content creating, fantasy football, anything like that. But we've uh, come a decent way from where we started and we like to share things. So I want to start things off today and uh, I'm all up, you know, updated here with the, uh, with the advances of StreamYard. So I have the, the questions today on the bottom of the screen, but Kevin, uh, let's talk some content before the actual mailbag questions here. But, uh, first topic here, what's something you have learned this off season, creating your own content that you feel is beneficial to share to other people? Yeah. You know, I was looking at this question and I, I think for me, it's, uh, I've always, I've, re- I've really shifted the last couple of years in terms of actionable content and like things that really matter for the everyday fantasy person. I think sometimes we can get caught up in the space of your content creator. Listen to this, like 
you know, I don't care what other analysts think of my work. It's not really for them, you know, and I think I've definitely shifted this offseason to that. Like, I'm not tweeting for Nick at P2W to be like, oh, yeah, that's really good. Like, I'm a, I I like the fact that if someone reached out to me and said, hey, I think you have good content. And that's obviously why I'm at Football Guys and stuff, because people like it. But, like, as a content guy, like, I'm really just for the people that are are busy as hell. Like, in just a story real quick, I, I did a startup draft just for fun, one of my buddies asked me to, and it was just like a dynasty, a bunch of guys that really hadn't done dynasty. And we're in the draft room. It was live draft. And it was a, like, a, it was a weird kind of thing. It was kind of cool. And the guys were like, Hey, what happened with Devontae Adams? Where did he go again? And like, those are the dudes that I'm writing stuff for. Like, those are the guys, like this was their first dynasty league. And they're like, and in the middle of the draft, they're like, where is he at the Raiders? What? And like, it was, they're all just, and that's to me, like, those are the people that you should create content for because that's where it's going to drive, you know, more, more areas out there. If somebody, an analyst likes it, that's great. But really that's what you should look for. I like that. I like that a lot. And I feel like we, we do get too far away from creating content to the majority of fantasy football players, which is the casual fan. Uh, I think a lot of times we're so competitive in the space that we think that we have to drop these, you know, brain buster analytics and stats with everything we do. And we don't always have to big brain everybody. You know, I, I know it's a big competitive space and I've been trying myself. That's a great point to try to make sure that, you know, things I say in the podcast, I factor in someone who's been playing for 15 years and maybe somebody who's been playing for six months. Yeah. Uh, even little things like when I say super flex saying, you know, a super flex league is where you can start two quarterbacks. You have the option to do that. Because a couple years ago, I'll be honest, a couple years ago, I didn't know what a super flex league was, and I can't assume everybody else does. And it, it, it gets straight to my point, and I, I love what you brought up because uh, I said focus on the why and get to the point. Yeah. I feel like, again, you know, it's nice to back up your analysis, but at the same time, I feel like, you know, things that have taken off for me lately, you know, in, in the terms uh, in terms of video content has been like giving good whys and just getting to the point because again, maybe not, you know, the guy who plays fantasy uh, just during a redraft season is not super into it. Probably doesn't want to hear, you know, my breakdowns of uh, every analytical stat that I can pull on Jerry Judy's college performance to why I think he's going to be good in the NFL. And you can do that. Nobody's saying not to do that, but I think uh, kind of what we're both getting at is factor in, what percentage of people are your average or your casual uh, fantasy fans there? Yeah. And, and, and know it, right? Like know who you're out there creating for. And I think uh, we're big on that, like earning your followers. And the reason why you have to earn your followers is because you're, they're going to follow the brand, whatever your brand you're putting out there. And then those are the people that you're, you know, who you're creating for. If you do these things where like you just have followers that follow you for no reason or whatever the case may be, we've seen them all. And we've all done it, follow train, stuff like that. Those people aren't there for the content that you're creating. So that, that's a catch 22. And I think that's where you get in trouble with it. But just knowing it, knowing the content, where it comes from, knowing that, you know, the people that you're making stuff for and then understanding like where your, your time should be. Time's valuable. So where do you want to put your time in and your effort in? All right, let's move on. We got one comment. Uh, Christian Crespo, good guy there. Yes, if you're a content creator, but are also a Cowboys fan, can I actually <laughs> trust you? So I think he's pushing some buttons there. Uh, it's more for Kevin. Uh, second part of it, uh, we can probably whip through that. Have just like a piggyback question, but uh, again, content creating. What is a piece of advice 
for new content creators and how to expand their content reach? And I think this is a good question because I've actually had private conversations with people that have said like, Hey, I've been working, but I am not getting the views I want or the reads I want. So what would you tell, or what's something you would say to somebody who's like, Hey, how do I expand my reach? Well, I think it goes on to the last one, but also like there's other, there's other places, TikTok, YouTube, all that kind of stuff. And I think you just, you have to find what you're good at, but also like, if you want to expand your reach, you need to start with redraft content. Like that's what you should do. Like if you want people to follow you and you want to grow, that's the biggest area of growth is redraft. Cause that's the number one thing people play. If you're going to go niche, I think you can create a following like Debbie and those type of things, but it mm-hmm. takes a lot of time. Like that's how I started. And I was just a Debbie guy. And then I've turned into where I'm going to be doing redraft content this year. And I think um, you have to kind of know what, how to expand and where to get those places. But it's all about your goals. If you're cool with just having that and, and being okay with the views and whatever it is for niche, that's cool too. Uh, but if you want to get out there and, and get your face out there more, you need to talk about, you know, you need to have takes about redraft guys like CMC and all these guys and, and not go after like the deep sleepers and stuff that no one cares about. Yeah, because Dynasty has grown tremendously, you know, the last few years. But the percentage of people that play Dynasty versus the percentage of people playing Redraft are still two very different things. And some people try to debate that. It's not the case. Dynasty might, you know, catch up, but it's still uh, the larger pool is the Redraft guys. So I I do like that. Um, You have to factor in, you know, what's the biggest audience I can reach. And it is that. Uh, I I thought uh, about when it comes to this question, how do we, uh, how do people expand their reach, bring in, bring in other people. And it doesn't have to be all the time. Uh, and it doesn't have to be, you know, once a week or something like that. But I feel like the collaborations are huge for two reasons. Number one, building connections as a content creator is massive. We've all been at one point where we knew nobody and, you know, you and I have probably collaborated with, with, who knows a hundred people at this point, you know, for content and building connections, uh, builds up, you know, your audience at the same time, because, uh, when people are seeing you interacting with other people and maybe featured on other people's content or, or, uh, you have people featured on your content, the reach is bigger. And also like the, the connection part of it is huge, but also number two, like I used to, when I first started, I used to have people write like a paragraph like, Hey, I'm uh, here's my topic for this article on my website. Can you give me five sentences? And a bunch of people would say yes. And what happens usually when, you know, there's other people featured on your article, they they share it, right? And, and it shouldn't be the only reason you're asking other people, but now you're getting other people to share your piece of content. I just did it with a dynasty mock draft with a, a bunch of guys. Um, you can do the same on your podcast, just trying to get different people in because, again, different fa- faces are going to bring their audiences too. So that's something I, I thought about as well. All right, let's uh, let's get into the bulk of the show. So I asked uh, the community, I was like, hey, can you give uh, me some questions? And then it turned into to Kevin. Kevin's like, hey, I'm available. I'm like, all right, down, down, because I was just going to rant myself and I, I talk too much as <laughs> is. So uh, we have a lot of questions, but interesting enough, it's uh, mostly surrounding the, the next class, the 2022 class. And Kevin uh, focuses on that a lot more than I do. I've been catching up. Um, but it's, he's a great guy to have on the show for this. So let's go to the first question here, uh, at FF Chalupa Batman. So our guy, Zach, he says for Kevin, who do you want the Cowboys to draft in the first round for Nick? Will Kevin take a long walk after the Cowboys draft the wrong player in the first? So 
This is a question for you, Kevin. I'm just going to throw out two names that I saw today, and maybe these are guys you're not even interested in. But I, I looked at, at a, a CBS mock draft, and they had a Tyler Linderbaum, an offensive lineman from Iowa. That's That was their first-round pick. And then uh, NFL.com had an article with Zion Johnson, offensive lineman from Boston College. So uh, two sides I looked at today. They showed offensive linemen. What's your take here? Who should the Cowboys take in the first? Yeah, um, you know, I, I think they got to go lineman. I think that's the number one thing they got to do. I think Zion Johnson is the guy. Like, if Zion was there, like, I don't know if he's going to be there. But if Zion was there and he, he's that guy, then that's the guy that I want to go after. Um, Keenan Green could be another one from Texas A&M. So, like, lineman is where they got to go. Well, I think I might have I think I might have lost your audio for a second. Oh, your mic show is muted. Hold on, hold on, back, I'm back, I'm good. All right. Yeah, you're good, you're good, you're good. It wasn't me, I promise. You you were saying things that didn't offend me, so you're good, you're good. To, to me, it's offensive line. You got to go offensive line, get Kenyon Green, get Zion Johnson. If we can get Zion Johnson, that'd be really a big one. Um, one of the picks that I think could be interested is Devin Lloyd, but in the second round, I think he's going to drop because of his size, the linebacker from Georgia. But if we can go offensive lineman, that's where I want to go for sure. I think the other things, I think, they're, like I said, our offensive line has been overrated for two years. We got to get offensive linemen there. So they have the, what pick was this? We have 24. 24, 24. Yeah. So a few, not 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 too uh, too long ago, the Cowboys kind of shocked the world a little bit when they took CeeDee Lamb because nobody was really expecting them to go and do that. Yes. Uh, you had Amari Cooper, you had Michael Gallup. Um, it didn't seem like that was you know their go-to pick. Is there any chance that we see something similar where an offensive lineman makes sense, everybody's projecting that, and – Jerry Jones says, nah, I need another receiver because we just lost Cooper. Do you, you see any possibility of that? Oh, no, yeah, for sure. They they So they invited uh, Burks, uh, Olave, and London. And I think those three guys, if one of those three guys is on the board at 24, I think he realistically could take one of those guys. It sucks because I they could have just, you know, re-signed Co or had Cooper and just restructured the deal or somehow yeah. pushed it. Um, I think that, the, yeah, I think they are going to go wide receiver if he's there. If one of those three guys is there, I think that's a possibility. It's interesting to see what's going to happen because the Saints moving in the way they did and kind of have those two picks now, and who knows if they go lineman at that second pick, so that might ruin one of the Cowboys. You know, maybe they don't get Zion, or maybe Green goes a little higher than, than we think. And so if they do go Olave and those guys, it'll be interesting to see. I think they really like Olave from Ohio State, Chris Olave. And if, if, if Olave slips to them there, I think it'll be hard for them to pass them up. I don't think London will be there. Burks could be there. So now you have in a situation where you have Burks Olave, but they could go wide receiver. I mean, I think it's a that's a shitty thing to do because I think that we have a lot of holes in other places and a lot of picks, but it could happen. Speaking of uh, wide receivers, um, I kind of want to just touch very briefly, and I already have in this podcast a few times about my Bears, man. I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping they have yeah. picks 39 and 48. And uh, 84 is way later. I did a a mock draft today uh, simulator, and, and I took George Pickens at 39, and I, I I feel like it's a possibility, and he's been the guy that I have been saying I hope the Bears get. Now, does he fall to the Bears? And if he does fall to the Bears, are they going to be smart and take him? I'm not sure. Uh, a lot of people have, you know, from the Bears community that I, I follow, uh, like Christian Watson, they've been throwing his name out there. Uh, I just feel like Pickens would be a really good Mooney pairing. But any thoughts on on that landing spot, if that's uh, realistic, I guess. 
I mean, Pickens would be a home run if he's there. I don't know if he's there. That's the only thing. I, I, yeah. I have a hard time. It just depends on what the Lions do. If the Lions go quarterback at 102, I think they could realistically maybe draft another wide receiver. Maybe they like Pickens at 32 or 34. I, I think that he do, he would fit that offense well. And they got to get a playmaker around field at some point, right? Or are they going to just keep yeah. – are they going to keep signing tight ends? What do you think? Well, we've signed a lot of elite wide receivers this offseason so far. There was guys <laughs> on the market that wanted to be traded, and then there were some free agents. But Byron Pringle – uh, I'm not sure if you've heard the name before, but he uh, ran a lot of routes in Kansas City. And uh, St. Brown, not not Amon Ra, it's his his brother who uh, is from the same family. So there, there's guys coming into the system, but I don't know if it's enough to support a, a sophomore quarterback that needs to develop right now. So I hope they do something. I really do. Yeah, they need to. I mean, Pickles would be a home run there. I like Watson. I just don't know if he could be the wide receiver one there. I don't know if Mooney could be the wide receiver one either. I I, I like Mooney, but I don't necessarily see wide receiver one talent there. I think he's a solid wide receiver too. They really need an alpha. Pickens is an alpha. That'd be a smash. That'd be a smash in my opinion. Yeah. All right, let's go to the next question here. Uh, at Hey Mr. Holman, this is my guy, Jeremy. Great guy. Uh, a rookie that the consensus thinks highly on that you are not as high on. And I'm going to start things off, and I, I will say before I, I get into this that I'll probably end up getting canceled for this take just based off of how high the community is on this guy. But for me, for me, the athleticism is unreal. You know, I agree to that. Uh, I think a lot of people are, you know, are enamored with the idea of the Konami Code quarterback, which is which is smart because that's a cheat code in fantasy. I'm, I'm not as high on Malik Willis as everybody else. And I think that for fantasy – he has the capacity, right landing spot, opportunity, good system. And if he develops, he can be a, a fantasy asset. But I'm just like not all in to make this massive push to get the one-on-one and, and grab Malik Willis. You know, comparing the last two seasons, you know, when I we look at the class and uh, the class of Ritter, Howell, Corral, uh, Pickett, Strong, Malik Willis was behind these guys' completions, attempts, completion percentage, passing yards, passing touchdowns. He was behind all of these guys in all of those categories. Obviously, the rushing um, is a bit different, but just from a passing perspective. And the competition, we look at his competition this past season, some of the schools, Troy, Old Dominion, Syracuse, UAB, Middle Tennessee, ULM, North Texas, they finished the season versus Eastern Michigan. Pretty pretty poor competition in comparison to what some other guys have, have uh, been against. So I think the ceiling could be nice. I think everybody wants him to be like this, you know, the next, Lamar Jackson sort of player or something along those lines. You know, is he a better prospect than guys like Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts? Like, I, I don't know. I think I'd personally, I think I'd rather if I had the one-on-one go and grab the Brees Hall or go and grab the the best wide receiver, you know, outlook. I, I, I don't know. Am I wild for this take that I'm just not as high as the community? No, I don't think the community is as high as that either. I think, like, to me, I think he's the one-on-one just based on tools and based on value at the position. But I don't hate people. I don't. I, I think that when people say they like Hall or, you know, in a recent mock we did last night, Walker went ahead of him. He went at the 102, actually, the highest I've ever seen Walker. Uh, and so when you're looking at it that way, I think really what they're projecting right now with Willis is top 10. If he goes in the top 10, it's hard for you to not pick him at the one-on-one just on projected value. And the way I look at it, too, out there for everybody out there, like Trevor Lawrence was the one-on-one last year. Everybody everybody said, hey, he's the one-on-one, most people, 99%. Yeah. He had one of the historically one of the worst seasons he's, a quarterback's ever had last year, especially for fantasy purposes. I mean, I don't even think 
he threw a touchdown the last eight games or something like that, whatever the stat is. I know everybody talks about it. And he's still getting drafted as a QB1 in Superflex startups right now. So, like, there's a perceived value built in with these guys. And that's what you're going to get with Willis. You're going to have that value. Look at Hurts. Look at these guys that you see. These quarterbacks have these built-in value. If you reach on another position at that spot, I think that's where the question mark comes in. I think Hall's not a reach. But, again, what happens if these guys go to a terrible landing spot? Like, what happens if Hall has to split time somewhere? Or what happens if Walker doesn't go to the Texans like we think he might? Or wherever. Then you're looking at a really muddled class, and then wide receiver could be an option. So, I don't hate it. I think I think it's just based on perceived value. I've had question marks about Willis as a quarterback this whole year as a Debbie person, and I still do. But when you're looking at what – and if you don't necessarily have to be a good NFL quarterback to be a good fantasy asset, especially for this year. So it just depends on your build too. So I, I got to pivot the same question to you. Who's somebody, and this is a good question because you talk about this stuff all the time, but who's somebody uh, you feel like um, the, the consensus might be higher on than, than you for this incoming class? It's Traylon Burks for me. And it always has been. And I think that, you know, it, it's a funny thing that happens. It's, and it's in the space more. But you'll have a big guy talk about Traylon Burks, and this happened like last October. Wide receiver one, no question, athletic freak. That's what the tweet was. I remember it. And I'm thinking, well, you might want to wait because there's some things about Traylon that you need to like see. And then in, and in January, wide receiver, the same person, wide receiver one, he's going to test amazing, test to the roof. And then people were talking about him having a 4-340. And it's like, no, that was never going to happen. Like none of us, especially in the Debbie Rowell, we talked about it. Our projection of him and, and our prediction in the manifesto was a four four or a four five two or four five three. Like to us, he was a four five guy. And then when he got to four five, that same analyst goes, "Well, you know, bad testing numbers, going to be wide receiver four. And it's like, wait a minute. So we've seen a narrative shift on him. I still think there's a section of it that says he's the one hundred one, like wide receiver one. There's others that are questioning it. And to me. Um, I think he's in the same tier as everybody else and landing spots going to matter, but I don't necessarily know if he's more than a slot receiver. And I think that's, uh, that's a real thing. I think he has athleticism. I know he has the yak ability, but is he more than just the slot receiver in the NFL? And if he's not, that's where I question it. I do think that the NFL team is going to shock some people. I think a lot is going to get drafted ahead of Burks. I think some of these guys that, you know, they have that create that separation, those quick passes, the schemes that we see now, Burks has to develop. Now, if he goes to the Packers, then, you know, I'm an idiot because he's going to have that number one volume and everybody's going to love the receptions there. But to me, I, I'm, I'm not as high on Burks as others. I think he's fine, but I don't see like that athletic must draft freak Debo type guy. So you brought up the name Chris Olave, Ohio State, uh, Traylon Burks, who we are talking about right now, Arkansas, right now, right now, fantasy football, 2022, not knowing their landing spot. Who do you like better out of those two, Traylon Burks or Chris Olave? It's still Burks for me. Like, I, I still think based on upside, I would rather have Burks. And I think Olave, being a senior, late declare, there's some things to go with that. But it would not shock me to see Olave outperform Burks in 2022. All right. All right. Move to the next one here. At DFS Docket, any incoming rookie QBs you can see in a starting fantasy lineup next year. And interesting enough, we, you know, we talked about Malik Willis already, but there's a handful of guys in this class. And uh, what, what's interesting to me about this class is that I feel like, and you could probably speak to it better than, than I can, but I feel like a lot of the rankings are all over the place for yeah. this group of quarterbacks. I don't, I don't really see a lot of consistency saying, 
this guy's two, this guy's three, this guy's four, and this is how the majority of the uh, community, you know, views these guys, uh, which is a little bit different, I feel like, than the last few years where we there might have been a debate, but it was pretty similar across the board. But, uh, you know, two, two teams come to mind um, for me. The Panthers in Seattle, uh, I feel like, are two teams where a guy can come in and end up winning the job. And, you know, you and I have liked – Sam Darnold uh, a little bit more than other people have in the past, but I, th I think realistically, if a guy comes in, he can probably compete with Sam Darnold. There's the chance of that. Uh, same with uh, Seattle with Drew Locke. Can somebody come in and take Drew Locke's job? Yes. So I feel like the quarterback that lands in one of those spots could have a chance of playing. Does it mean that they're going to be in your fantasy lineup, though? That's that's the second kind of piece of it. So what, what's, what's your thoughts here about a guy coming in and, and being in a, a starting fantasy lineup next season? So I, I, I looked at this question. I saw as kind of single quarterback, right? Because I think it's super flex. Some of these guys are going to have to start anyway. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I look at it there. Yeah. So if I'm looking at like a 12, like can one of these guys get in there? I think Willis could because I think with like we talked about rushing upside, he could have those touchdowns that we'd like to see. Konami area there you're right about the landing spots when you're looking at the landing spots I do think the Lions is a possibility like um everything that we've seen and I know that you're on the other side of that with with Willis and and I do think that everything we've seen out of the Lions talking about wanting upside you know Goff's been okay like all that they, they coach Willis at the senior bowl like I don't think it's, it's as much smoke as people think I think there's some truth to it a little bit but again, will he start right away? He should, but we've seen the Lions slow play that kind of stuff and before and, and with that area in there. So Pickett probably is going to go to the Panthers because the Panthers are dumb and they're going to draft a bad quarterback. <laughs> and so if he starts right away, sure. I don't see anybody. The dark horse for me is Ritter. Maybe Ritter goes to a place like Atlanta or maybe someone goes after the Saints. Maybe they, you know, injuries or something happens to where Ritter comes in there. So to me, it's going to be like the field situation where a lot of these guys – you're not going to be able to start them until maybe middle of the end of the year. And do they have that value? Will they be able to supplant the starter that's already there? Because even Pittsburgh, right? I think Trubisky is going to get the start for eight games at least. So yeah. see where they're at. Yeah. I don't see an immediate starter in this group. With, with, with Willis, just to talk back on him, not to, you know, focus too much time on him specifically. Um, you know, I, I mentioned, and, you know, I could, I could be off people will probably look at it differently, but I, you know, I kind of mentioned some of the passing stats and where he fell in this class and also the competition, but we know, you know, the tools are there. Do, do you foresee, regardless of where he goes, him having the Trey Lance approach where, you know, the guy's got a, a very athletic profile. He's got a lot of tools, kind of raw still. He's likely just going to sit a year regardless of where he goes. Or do you think that, um, do you think he's NFL ready? I guess I'm asking you, and I know it's a really open-ended question with that, but do you think he's a guy that can go in and start right away? I do because Lance a little different where he didn't have that reps. I mean, Willis is 23. The dude's been playing in, the, in college football because he transferred from Auburn. So he had to sit out like he's had the reps to do it. Like when you're looking at Willis, he's been able to do the reps. He's been able to kind of do that. He's raw. Yes, but he has arm talent that I think can kind of separate you a little bit. Now, it always goes back to this to me. It's the move the six podcast of Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah. And they talk about it every year. Former state scouts. They say great teams draft players that they have a plan for. If Willis can go to a team that has a plan for his athleticism and what he does and what he does well, then yes, I think, yeah, he could be that guy that can start right away. But if he goes to a team that doesn't have a great plan, then I'm worried about kind of his overall arching area. I don't necessarily think he's going to have to sit out, 
but it just depends on what the team's plan is for him. All right, let's move on to the next one here. Uh, at FF Shane B, he said, yes, favorite running back in 2023, in the 2023 class, not named B. John Robinson, and why? And then he said, yes, favorite tattoo you have. Kevin, <laughs> do you have any tattoos or no? I do not. That's going to be right. you. That's going right. to be all you. The, the tattoo question, where is it at? I, I like my uh, my Mila tattoo just for my daughter. You know, I, obviously, it's like a big piece right under my my Nanas tribute. That's my favorite. But I uh, got to ask about the 2023 draft class. Now, people are not just asking about 2022. A lot of people have this uh, this next draft class regarded very highly. Uh, Robinson, uh, Texas, right? Running yes. back? Yeah. Texas. Look at you, Debbie. Debbie. Yeah. Hey, watch this, too. Watch this. Here's some other names. Here's some <laughs> other names that I'm going to throw out there. And I'll say half of them wrong, probably. But uh, here's some other names. Uh, Jameer Gibbs. Bama, yep. Tank Bigsby, Auburn, Zach Shar is it Charbonnet, UCLA, yeah. Sean Tucker, Syracuse, Zach Evans, Ole Miss. I was just pulling guys that I can find. Twenty twenty three running backs. So who, who's it? Who's a running back that stands out to you out of that group, or maybe it's somebody I didn't even mention. Yeah, I mean, there there are other guys, but right now, for me personally, Jameer Gibbs, I think, is the running back, too, of a lot of places. So that's a guy to look at. I mean, he's over 205. He's like 210. Going, He went to Georgia Tech. Now he's going to Bama. He's going to get the volume. He's a receiving back. Uh, I think, overall, he's going to challenge Bijan this year. Like, you know, Robinson is good, but Gibbs has a role in the NFL with his pass catching, his ability to explode. He has kick return ability. He has special teams guy. He's a guy to keep an eye on, especially with Alabama. They lost a ton of guys. Now they're going to have him. He's going to be the best. I think he's the best playmaker on that offense already. So you add him and Bryce Young and Jermaine Burton, who transferred from Georgia as well, the wide receiver position. I think Gibbs is going to challenge those guys. Zach Evans, you mentioned him from uh, – he, he, he transferred to the Ole Miss. He could be very good. Zach Charbonnet shouldn't be in that group, though, so you can just take Zach Charbonnet out. He doesn't, he doesn't deserve to be called. I, I think I just like the name. You know, It, yeah. it was like a, like a, like a French-sounding name or something like that. B. <laughs> uh, uh, John Robinson. All right, I'm going to ask another spicy question. Maybe it's not that spicy, but some people may be listening and be like, I've never even heard of this guy because I don't watch college football, but they are starting to learn the names of this next class. Robinson, is he – is he a guy you would say right now is ahead of all the guys in this year's draft class for the running back position? You know, I'm a noted Bijan Robinson. Like I kind of, I'm hesitant to say he's that good, uh, but he's right there with Brees Hall. He's a little bit ahead of Brees Hall. Yeah. He would be the running back one of this class. Yeah. So he uh, went for 1,127 rushing yards this year, 11 touchdowns, but also had 26 receptions and four receiving touchdowns. So he's uh, used a he's... bit in uh, both of those departments there. But I've seen a lot of people talking about uh, not just him, but trying to get uh, as many 2023 picks as possible. Have you you've been on that train trying to acquire those picks specifically, or do you think people are kind of overshooting for that right now? Every um every pick that I had that in the 2022 class it was above a 105. I traded for a 2023 first already. So like interesting. I already have like a lot of these guys. I mean, it's loaded. The class is loaded. You're looking at 
Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, two quarterbacks that are going to be going high in the top five. Another quarterback going to be jumping in there. Other guys, Anthony Richardson from Florida, Will Levis from Kentucky, some people like him, uh, Van Dyke from Miami. So you're looking at quarterbacks that are going to go out there. Running backs, you're looking at four or five. Wide receivers, you're looking at three or four top ones. Then you're looking at Michael Mayer from Notre Dame, your neck of the woods out there. Like, these are guys that are going to play. Like, if you're looking at the way I treat it right now for everybody out there that plays Dynasty, if you have, if you're in Dynasty League, a mid twenty three fur or mid twenty three second is like a late first. Based Interesting. On Interesting. That's a good way to put it though, because a lot of people will ask that specific question of like, all right, if if these picks are better, at what point of my you know current draft should yeah. the switch happen? So that's that's interesting to talk about right there. Um, have, have another question here. Our guy, Troy King, T King mode. Who is your favorite rookie who is presumed to go in the second round of rookie drafts? So not necessarily the NFL's second round, the second round of rookie drafts in your dynasty league. So I have a, a listed example here, and maybe this is off or maybe it's different than uh, your typical second round rookie draft. But what I, I did recently was I had, um, a mock draft done with a bunch of guys from the fantasy football community. I had a uh, Mendy was in there. Jacob Dunn was in there. A bunch of the dynasty sons guys were in there. It was, uh, it was a lot of BZ. It was a lot of fun. D Brown and all his guys. And we did a mock, uh, uh 12 picks. They did a, a randomized order to a degree. And, um, we did the first round wrote art, you know, wrote an article Then we did the second round. Here's how the second round of that rookie draft went. So 201, Sky Moore, wide receiver, Western Michigan. 202, this is a super flex league. So again, you can start two quarterbacks in this fake league we made. 202, Kenny Pickett, QB Pitt. 203, Christian Watson, wide receiver, North Dakota State. 204, Brian Robinson, running back, Alabama. 205, Matt Carell, QB, Ole Miss. 206, Jahan Dotson, wide receiver, Penn State. 207, Rashad White, running back, Arizona State. 208, Desmond Ritter, who you mentioned before, QB, Cincinnati. 209, Damian Pierce, running back, Florida. 210, John, is it is it Mechie or? Mechie. Mechie, there we go. See, I'm still, I'm, I'm, I'm catching up, though. <laughs> uh, wide receiver, Alabama. 211, Trey McBride, tight end, Colorado State. And then 212, Zamir White, running back, Alabama. So that's how that went. But for you, who's a guy in the second round, you would say, is like your, your target, I guess? Well, if Ritter was there, it'd be there, but I, I don't want to talk about Ritter all the time. I'll, I'll do the, uh, Jahan Dotson, wide receiver from Penn State. If if he's in that range, I've seen him go all the way from 202 to 208, so that's pretty good value in terms of where he drafted in this draft. I think he's exposed to wide receiver from Penn State. I, I do think that he has he's limited upside, but he's a very solid wide receiver too, and I do think that he fits NFL schemes. And when you look at what he can do, quick acceleration off the line, he can he can create separation. He gets in and out of routes pretty well. And I think if he finds himself on a fantasy relevant offense, that you're looking at a very solid wide receiver, kind of like the Brandon Ayuk kind of idea. Like, hey, he went to the Niners. He can kind of separate himself. He can be that wide receiver too in a good offense. I like I, I think John's a very good value right now. So he uh, he ran a four four three. Yeah, 1182 receiving yards um, and uh, Penn State there. So I, I got a, a side question out of this this mock draft. So uh, I took at the 211 spot. So I was at the very end of this, the second round. And I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this guy because um, it's a position that 
could really be hit or miss uh, for fantasy purposes. The tight end position. I took Trey McBride at at two eleven, so at the very end of that second. And again, you know, passing on some running backs and wide receivers. I guess it just depends who's on the board. But Trey McBride, a guy in college, Colorado State, he, he had more um, receptions this past season than a lot of the wide receivers in this this class. I mean, he, he can handle volume, uh, and they say that he. You know, his blocking abilities uh, has the potential to get him on the field earlier, uh, you know, in terms of um, being an NFL player. And we know that the tight end position has that stigma like, hey, you know, tight ends take maybe two years, maybe three years to develop in the league. Do you see Trey McBride as a guy that can come in and get some PT right away to the, the extent that he can be a guy like Big Pat, you know, Fryermuth or something along those lines? Or what's your thoughts on McBride being a fantasy asset maybe next year? Yeah, I mean, if you, if you didn't know anything about McBride, I mean, that dude was the offense at Colorado State. That that was one of the worst offenses in college football. He was, I think he he had, I think he broke every usage record for tight ends because of the way they used him last year. I think the biggest question mark: What was he going to run in his forty? He ran a four five six, and so that's athleticism right there. What you see, I if he can get drafted in the top fifty, then yes, a lot of people have him outside the top fifty overall. And then that kind of concerns me because if he's going third or fourth round, I think he'll go in the third. He should be the first tight end off the board. But, again, when you're looking at that tight end position, can he be Firemouth? Yeah, he could. I think that he does have that ability in the red zone to kind of be that mismatch. I think his speed is what I like. His athleticism is there. And you you draft him in the perfect spot. I think really 209 to 212 is where he's going to go. So in terms of a value perspective, that's pretty good. And in terms of where, he, where, where he's been going consistently in every mock I've done, I think I've done – so for everybody out there just to know, I, I do a mock every night. So when I'm putting my daughter down, she likes the she likes the blue and all that kind of stuff. So we do a mock together, and I'm trying to um, indoctrinate her. Uh, and so we do it every night. And I've done them, like, every night for the last, like, probably month. And McBride goes around that area. And I think if he can show it, get into an offense that will use him right, he he, he could be a touchdown-dependent guy, kind of like Frymuth was. If that's the case, then yes. But all these guys, these tight ends, we all fall in love with these guys because we like them. But, again, how fantasy relevant are they? I think McBride can be. I think Jelani Woods maybe testing numbers are up there. Dolchitz maybe from UCLA. But I like McBride. I think that's a good pick by you where you got him. All right. All right. So we got another rookie pick for the next question here. And I actually like this because everybody's excited about the rookies. Uh, we have a, you know, a diverse set of questions here. But um, Smokey Hell NFL asks, where would be your ideal landing spot and runner-up, he says in parentheses, for James Cook? So James Cook, Georgia running back. If if it hasn't been said a million times already, he is the <laughs> brother of Dalvin Cook. Uh, he's 5'11", 199, ran a 4'4", You know, I, I, you'll, you'll know a lot more about this guy than, than I do. You know, I've done a little digging, but could profile as a complimentary back, has some decent receiving ability. So it could be like a third down running back in a system. Uh, I was looking at an article earlier about some potential fits. These are the teams that this article listed. Uh, and, and, and I'll go to you after uh, Buffalo Bills, Las Vegas Raiders, New York Giants were three teams that they threw out there for James Cook. So just a, a few examples for how somebody views him, but uh, it sounds like I might be on the right page about him not really being a workhorse, but maybe just like a third down running back. What's your thoughts on James Cook and, and what's a good spot for him? 
Yeah, I like James, but his size, right? He's under 200 pounds. And when you're looking at running backs, I'm out. Like, I, I'm not in terms of, like, like I'm not out on him in the second or third round. I think he's a good value. He's not going to be a bell cow. So, like, it's just one of those things. You're not going to look at him in there. Uh, now, I hated those spots that you said, to be honest with you. They, like, they weren't mine. They weren't mine. If he goes to the Bills, I'd hate that because that's just – they won't – I don't see them drafting a Cook guy. They already have Singletary. Like, that's really – like, when you're looking at it, Singletary is bigger than Cook. I have a hard time seeing that. Uh, the two spots that I think that I've seen mocked, and I've kind of looked at this when I looked at this question, I went back and I went through a bunch of industry mocks, but also like some draft mocks. I saw Tampa Bay. He could be a good complement to what they got with Fournette there. And I, I know they have Vaughn, but maybe they bring in Cook. I know last year they brought in uh, – oh, I'm going to forget it. Who did Tampa Bay have last year that played with uh, Brady and everybody was buying him? Bernard. Rita? Oh, no. Yeah, Bernard, right? Yo, yeah. Bernard, yep. Um, and so it, it, Gio, I mean, he could be that cook fit, come in there, catch passes, be that scat back, kind of like do that. I think that's where his value is in PPR format, just catching there. And then I also saw the Jets. If the Jets don't go after like Hall or something, maybe they wait and then they got him and put him in there with Michael Carter. And I think maybe we see that depth in there and maybe he can kind of be something. All right. All right. We got one more question on the, uh, the slate here, and this is not a 2022 Rookie question, so I'm I'm a little shook that we're we're asking about something other than that. But uh, at FFB Victoria asks, if you are a dynasty contender, so a contender being somebody you, you feel like you can win this next season coming up, would you rather have rookie pick 111 or Leonard Fournette for the upcoming season? So I got a couple couple tidbits about Leonard Fournette. He averaged 18.3 fantasy points this past season. He averaged over. One fantasy point per touch. Uh, only seven of 20 top running backs had over one fantasy point per touch. 35.71% of his games played were 20-plus fantasy points. Uh, Eckler and Fournette tied for six games of seven-plus targets for the leaders of that category. Swift and Fournette tied for the, the leaders in average targets per game with six for the leaders of that category. Uh, in my opinion, the best thing for Leonard Fournette happened and it was Tom Brady coming back yeah. and him landing back with Tom Brady, who he has a clear connection with. But the question at hand, would you pay the 111 for Leonard Fournette? Would you? So I think it's always important to go back to see who would be there, right? So based on mocks and stuff, I always want to yeah. make sure that we do that. I mean, so if you look in there, you're looking at Pickens, Hal, you know, uh, then so, you know, maybe he's there. Isaiah Spiller may be there. I mean, Jamison. If he fell that wide, I'd rather have Jamison than Leonard Fournette. But the other guys, like, you know, I think 111 is perfect for your contender for Fournette. I mean, you're looking at a guy that finishes the top five guy. I mean, he could be a running back one in, in a position that you really need a guy to be that guy. I think it goes back to the media a little bit. But still, if you could if you could lock in a high-end running back two with the 111, you do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th that's a good point, too, because I feel like all, all the time we – We've skipped like looking at the bigger picture of, all right, let's take a look at a couple mocks and see who would be there at that area. And then let's look at the state of my team to say, you know, hey, maybe I'm loaded up on running backs or maybe I, I have yeah. zero running backs. And this is what I really, really need to push me over the edge, um, you know, in terms of uh, uh, being a contender next season. But interesting question right there. Uh, 111 for Fournette. I, I would I would pay that as well if I felt that. You know, I, I'm missing that for my team. I'm missing the running back that I know is going to get a lot of passing, especially in PPR formats. Uh, Leonard Fournette should be a stud this year. I, I, I feel like 
does he have the the ceiling to be a top 10 guy in 2022 in your opinion oh yeah yeah for sure yeah. that's how i feel as well uh all right that's that that's pretty much it for our questions here uh kevin what's what's coming up for for you the debbie royale football guys what, what's on the slate uh for the rest of the week we're early here it's monday yeah, you know, uh, you can show, you can catch me every every Tuesday night, six thirty, uh, my time. Sorry, West Coast. I know I live on West Coast time. Nine thirty Eastern. You can find us on our YouTube channel, um, on Twitter at the Debbie Royale, but also the podcast. You can tie anytime. Uh, this week we are actually going to IDP out of my out of my comfort zone. And Nick nice. might like this, but yeah, we're going. Uh, we're going to be looking at the incoming uh, defensive prospects and going kind of over them because not a lot of people do that in the space. So. We want to be a little bit different and we try to be different. Like it's the Debbie Royale, but like all we've been focusing on for the last two months is rookies. Cause that's all anybody cares about. Like we don't need to be talking about the Texas spring game right now. No one gives a shit. So like, we're just going all rookies. That's what we're looking at. And uh, we'll dive into it. And so, and in, as far as football guys, I'm um, taking a little break right now. I wrote two articles recently, um, big articles and, I'm focusing on some schoolwork and some other stuff. But uh, once the draft happens, I'll have some dynasty content coming out pretty soon. A lot to come, I am sure. And for myself, uh, Wednesday, I have a podcast I'm guesting on with uh, with my guy, Maddie, And then Thursday with our guy, Mendy. I'm going to hop on his show and uh, uh, refrain from saying bad words or anything. But uh, if you guys tuned into this, really appreciate it. Make sure you give... Uh, Kevin, a follow if you are not already, especially with the amount of content he produces. If you are interested in this next class or Debbie in general, uh, it's a topic that, you know, I feel like is growing a ton and people are getting more and more interested because soon enough we'll have an NFL draft and you guys will have your rookie drafts for Dynasty. So thanks for tuning in, guys, and uh, enjoy the rest of your night.